up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. This is episode 262. We're going to start with a thoughtful Thursday. And before we get started, let me just remind you, share, subscribe, comment. It all helps. Every little bit helps. You know, I <laughs> I tend to talk about things that, uh, for whatever reason, the algorithms don't care for. So when you subscribe, when you share, when you comment, when you give the thumbs up, it all matters. Every little bit helps. We got to get the word out. We got we to gotta let people know locally that we're here, we're effective, and we care about what's going on in our community, and we're prepared to do what needs to be done to reel back in some of those abuses. So today... Today I'm looking through a old magazine I have from back in, uh, I guess, July here. And we've got a couple different articles that are really interesting. And one of them has to do with nullification. One of them has to do with Article 6 versus Article 5. So I think what I'm first going to do is... Make it priority to get through Article 6, not Article 5. Basically, this would be this author's uh, solution to dealing with some of the problems. And then if I have time, I'll uh, go on to the article uh, for the founder solution to federal overreach. Now, this is coming from the New American, and yes, that is put out by the John Birch Society, and yes, I know some people are already getting nervous. Well, I just say this. you got to get over yourselves. These guys do outstanding uh, research and work, and what I have found is while I'm not always comfortable with what I see or hear because I know how some other people react, almost always that which they've predicted or talked about comes to pass. So I always keep that in mind when I see their stuff. And occasionally I'll go back and revisit what did they say about this a year or two ago. And yeah, sure enough, they called it. So here we go. If I have covered this in part, which is very likely, because I've done more than one program or one episode relating to these things, excuse me, I am merely trying to circle back to articulate the Article 6 solution in lieu of or before we go down the path to Article 5. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Okay, so I've picked up my handy-dandy little uh, Constitution of the United States uh, book here, and we're going to read the pertinent parts of this. The Article 6 begins with about all debts. While that is interesting, and is not relevant. However, the middle section here, this constitution and the laws of the United States, it should say these United States, but for whatever reason, they changed that, which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all the treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. 
And the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of the state, to the contrary, notwithstanding. So let me go back to this. There is a clause that says, in pursuance thereof. So, a law made has to be constitutionally accurate. Likewise, the treaties must be in compliance with the Constitution. And if they are, then they are considered the supreme law of the land, and those judges are bound by that. In other words, the state constitution or a law within the state cannot override the constitution of these United States. However, if the law or a judge issues an opinion that is in contradiction or violates the U.S. Constitution, they are wrong. Now, the next section talks about the senators and representatives um, being bound by an oath to support the Constitution. It also says there's no religious test that should should ever be required as a qualification. An interesting aside. So, now I've talked about the pursuance thereof portion of Article 6 before. And a lot of people think that Article 1, Section 8 where it outlines um, the necessary and proper, uh, that that somehow mm, doesn't go together. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're following the Constitution and you're making laws that are under that delegated power, that which is necessary and proper under that delegated power is there. But if it's in pursuance thereof, it will be under that necessary and proper and being congruent to what the U.S. Constitution says. However, if it is outside of that, it needs to go away. It's wrong. So, now that I've reviewed what it is that that says, let's go on to the article in uh, the July um issue starting on page 22 we have a author by the name of steve bias (laughs) yes that was not lost on me all right so we're going to skip forward a little bit here to the second section where he's talking about article six and it starts with unfortunately there are many conservative-minded americans Americans who essentially agree with those on the left that the problem is not with those who would violate the Constitution, but with the Constitution itself. Now, of course, these conservative-minded Americans may staunchly oppose the leftist juggernaut, but they argue that the way to bring this juggernaut to a screeching halt is to change the Constitution via an Article 5 convention. Overlooking or ignoring the fact that the very clear language and limitation of the powers in the existing constitution stand in the way of that leftist juggernaut. Now think about that. These people are clearly ignoring the restrictions placed upon them. And they believe the solution is, is to create more pieces of paper that tell them they can't do that. That's what he's just called out. So the, uh, here we go. 
Talks about a modern day constitutional convention being potentially hijacked. Fair enough. This stuff we've talked about before. Um, Let me see here. I want to go on to page 23 and scroll forward a little bit onto this same section where he comes to, but warning against what should not be done is not the same of advocating what should be done to solve the problem. So he is acknowledging that his side, if you will, they're always saying, well, we shouldn't do an Article 5 convention. The problems with the Article 5 convention... What he's saying is we need to put that aside and just say, this is what we need to do. And if we adhere to the Constitution as it is, there we go. He says the Constitution explicitly requires adherence. In Article 6, it states, now we, he's going to get on to the third portion, which I kind of glossed over, and I did that on purpose because I knew it was here. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which are made in pursuance thereof, right? And then he goes through what I just read, and then he gets to the next part. The senators and representatives before mentioned in this Constitution and members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both the United States and the several states, shall be bound by an oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. Ah, so if they've taken an oath to support the constitution yet they're violating the constitution or abdicate or I'm sorry undermining the constitution they're the problem so article 6 makes it clear that these people cannot make any law that they choose they can only make laws that are in pursuance of the constitution and they've taken an oath to support the constitution so if they're violating this they need to be tossed so If you were to swear to uphold the Constitution and you were to abide by that oath, the problem would be solved. Now, now that I've laid that out, we're going to go on to the last section of his article called The Solution. He says, well, how do we get those whom we elect to abide by their oath of the Constitution? This is where we, the people, come in. Since we, the people, are now voting into office those that are violating the oath. The solution is to educate the electorate in the principles found in our present Constitution. Limited government, individual liberty, separation of powers, checks and balances, and federalism. So that they will elect members of Congress and presidents who will actually follow their oaths to support the Constitution. Our present Constitution. Okay, now let me briefly pause here and point out that he is absolutely right, and I agree. However, I will also then throw in that I I listened to Brian McClanahan, Tom Woods, and one other guy this week who basically said one of the major problems we have with the electorate right now is they are motivated by emotive thoughts and feelings. They check out their ability to think logically, to think clearly, because they're motivated by their emotions. Now, I will say that both sides are very good at manipulating your emotions. They're getting you to think the way they want you to think. Now, the left is generally better at this than the right, but both sides do it and both sides abuse this. You're not going to fix this until you can get people to quit buying into this tripe. That's the challenge. So the solution's accurate, 
but it's perhaps unrealistic at this point, particularly when we've ceded two generations of people to the government education system, which basically teaches them to be good little servants. All right. Goes on a little further. As then Congressman and later President James Garfield said on the occasion of our nation's centennial celebration, July 4th, 1876, now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body is to be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. On the other hand, Garfield concluded, if it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because those people demand the high qualities to represent them. And again, I would say this is accurate. The problem is, is so many people believe, well, my guy's not the problem. My guy's really good. Everybody else stinks. And it's been that way since I was a little kid. Now here, 40 years forward, we acknowledge not that they're all a problem, but that that other guy's a problem. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Congressional District 3 in Texas had a guy that if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said, no, he's great. He does all the right things. He's, you know, he's, he was awesome in the Texas house. He was the best in the Texas Senate, but then he went to DC. Now I've talked about this a little bit in the past, so I'm not going to rehash it at this moment, but suffice it to say he fell, he fell hard and he let us down in a couple of key areas, but even still he had arguably a conservative voting record and would have probably been reelected. Because we tolerate it. In the 1830s, a French visitor to the United States, Alexis de Tocqueville, marveled at the knowledge of several Americans had of their own country's history and of its constitution. It is extremely rare to find a man imperfectly acquainted with all these things in a person who is wholly wholly ignorant of them is such a phenomenon. I would suggest to you today, the exact opposite is the case. The exact opposite is the case because of the pathetic educational system that we have today, where we are not being taught how we got where we're here. We are not being taught the collective history of our country. Now, some of that lays at the feet of the system, but some of it, and most of it actually lays at our feet because we tolerate it. The educational system is supposed to be at our command, but it is not because we choose not to be involved. I talked about this a little bit at length in yesterday's episode, and I'm sure it'll be a reoccurring theme going forward. But if you're not going to get involved in your own children's education or your grandchildren's education, I don't know what to tell you. Now, James Madison spoke in 1788 to the Virginia Convention and ratified the Constitution and made this very point. But I go on this great Republican principle that the people have virtue and intelligence and select men of virtue of intelligence. There will be no virtue in our country then. No theoretical check, no form of government can render us secure. Americans rightly concerned with the drift of our public officials away from the constitutional principles that were designed to keep us a free people should not be looking to change the Constitution, but rather to enforce the Constitution. Why do we have so many members of Congress and our state legislatures who are either ignorant or disdainful of our Constitution? He is absolutely correct. And I have to pile on here because... The next sentence is, it is time for Americans to look in the mirror. 
this is something that I've been harping on. This is something that other people have been talking about. We tolerate this because we don't know better. We have ceded our authority, ceded our voice, and been coasting based on the comforts that were provided at the cost of our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives. They have hocked us to the nth degree to give away stuff that wasn't theirs to give in the first place. Yet we tolerate it because we're comfortable. We tolerate it because, you know, the lights are on, the air conditioning works. I really don't care about these things. Now, I got to say, I wish I could blame this all on the leftists. I, I wish I could say it was entirely their fault. But the reality is we are equally at fault or perhaps even we are greater at fault. One, because we seeded our children. We seeded our grandchildren. Two, because we didn't fight when we had an opportunity to win. And that opportunity to win is getting more and more difficult because our people are not fighting. Oh, they show up a little bit. Maybe they'll do a rally or they'll vent some anger at a local meeting, but they don't stick to it. And I think it's foolish to believe because you showed up to vote twice that you're going to fix everything. Yes, it's nice to get a better candidate through a primary. It's nice to protect your majority in the House or the Senate or whatever. It's nice to have a people with the right letter after their name, but that ensures nothing. Many of those people, when they go there, the money follows. They forget who they work for. And we tolerate it because it's more trouble to replace them than they just accept the scraps they give us. We have to get off our butts. We have to be involved. We have to hold them accountable. If we have somebody that goes down to Austin and does a bad job representing us, we have to be willing to call it out. We have to be willing to say, you stink and you need to go. But equally important, we have to find a good candidate to replace them. and We have to support that better candidate in all ways possible. Money, time, and efforts. And efforts can be more than one thing. I'm going to wrap it up here. The last two paragraphs. This is the solution. Educate our fellow Americans in constitutional principles. We do that. I'm doing that right now. Of limited government, federalism, separation of powers, checks and balances. By emphasizing Article 6 of the Constitution, which clearly states that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And the public officials, from local sheriffs to the President of the United States, are oath-bound to follow that Constitution. No one should think this is an easy, easy task, but it can be done. If it can be done to enough dedicated patriots to get it done, as Sam Adams said, it does not require a majority to prevail, but rather an irate and tireless majority. I'm sorry, minority. <laughs> they just look like a majority because they're so tireless and so irate. Keen to set the brush fires in people's mind. And when that happens, the chains of the Constitution Jefferson spoke of will be fully applied once again. I look in around me and I see how this plays out. I have a friend who is retired and he works his butt off. He travels all over 
the Metroplex, and all over the state. Telling people what's going on, showing them the truth, making them aware. And I'm good and happy to call that man my friend. And I will have his back anytime he asks for it. I'm not retired. I work 50 hours, 60 hours a week sometimes. Plus, I put in at least another 10 hours a week on my podcast. And I go to political meetings and I fight the good fight everywhere and anywhere I can. But we can't do it alone. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, I'm telling you, I'm reminding you, you can make a difference. Just voting doesn't solve the problem. And you can educate the populace all you want, but if they don't believe you and they don't see it in action, it's pointless. It's like a clanging bell, right? We have to be there and force the issue. We have to remind them they work for us. We have to remind them that they took an oath to support the Constitution and follow the Constitution. And there are many of these, many of you out there that took a similar oath to mine to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And it probably wouldn't hurt to remind some of these elected officials that we took an oath that means that we have to defend the Constitution against them as well. And I'd like to say it's probably just enough to vote them out of office. But that still remains to be seen. Because many times we replace one wolf with another. We we replace one person that couldn't uphold the Constitution with another. We don't need more weak sisters going into office that say they're going to do what we need them to do, that say they're going to follow the Constitution, that say they care about our values and promptly sell out when they get there. We don't need more of that. We need more people that are willing to throw a little caution to the wind and do the right thing and be willing to pay the consequences if there are any, and there always are some. We need a whole lot more of those citizen patriots, citizen soldiers to show up And as my uh, tongue is getting a little tied, probably need to drink a little more water here. Let me just remind you, it's up to you. It's up to your family. It's up to your community to make the difference, to show up, to be involved. Yeah, voting's nice. Voting fixes 10% of the problem. And I'd like to say, and I'd like to believe that, well, we can just check out and go move to the country and none of this matters. And you know what? Best case scenario, that may be true for two years, four years, six years. But sooner or later, your abdication, your lack of interest, your lack of efforts will come back to bite you. Government's not going to get any smaller, willingly. Government's not going to back off from its abuses, willingly, it's going to be involved in everything that you do. And the more fighting and the more pushing and the more challenging of that abuse that we do now, the longer that clock runs. We have the ability. The Constitution, while it may not be a perfect document, is a very good document. We just have to make these people realize they took an oath. They need to follow the rules. And if they're not going to abide by their oath, 
we're going to call them the oath-breaking pieces of garbage they are and toss them out. We're going to get rid of them. And I don't care what letter is at the end of their name. If they're violating the Constitution, if they're breaking their oath, if they're not respecting our rights, they need to go. And we need to be willing to roll the dice on the next guy or the next gal that's in line to do the job. Because reality says nobody's perfect. Nobody expects perfect. But if somebody is a constant, weak, sauce, cave-in artist, they're not doing us any good. I want somebody with principles to show up and fight the good fight. And if they lose, they lose. But if they show up and they're fighting the good fight, they will rally people to their side. They will become a force to be reckoned with. We want our abusers. We want our self-appointed masters to be very, very fearful of what happens when we push back. And with that, this is... The episode of According to Callous. It was a thoughtful Thursday. We did talk about Article 6 versus Article 5 at episode 262. It is a Thursday, which means, being that I didn't give the date the last two days, (laughs) it is September the 15th. We're closing in on an election cycle and the 5th of November. And then the holidays are upon us. Enjoy the time that we have, folks. Make the most of it. Continue to do the good work that we are here to do. And until then, I will see you on the other side.